Hi everyone. Welcome to the lost generation outside of the mainstream. My name is William Hooker. I am a musician, poet, and part of this generation of artists. My goal with this podcast, which is being broadcast on its own YouTube channel and my website, williamhooker.com, is to introduce you to many of the musical artists that are outside of the mainstream and have made important artistic contributions to our culture. I have also interviewed producers of the music and many fans and supporters of this work. My guests are sharing what makes this art form unique and significant. I hope these conversations will inspire you to listen to the music, which may change you and the way you view music, which again is outside of the mainstream. This is The Lost Generation Outside of the Mainstream. This is a story that needs to be told. I'm sitting here getting ready to have a deep conversation with Reedman, composer, and band leader, Jorge Sylvester. Would you tell us briefly something about yourself? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for having us, having me and Nora here. Anytime. Um, my, my development started in Panama when it came to what we call jazz. Um, before that, way, way before that, I think I was playing jazz without even knowing it. But what do you play? What do you play? I started on the E flat clarinet in elementary school. Um, Thereafter, I played that for maybe four years, but I I always wanted to play the alto saxophone. So when I went to uh, high school, I I jumped in the music band and I was playing uh, alto saxophone. Right, that's, yeah. Yeah, so I got my hands on it. Uh After that, I just forgot the clarinet. I didn't okay. even want to play it anymore. Uh-huh. But then after that, I went into the, uh, what they call Guardia Nacional. It's like a military band. But it's not like the type of military band here in the U.S. But it was a band that we played concert music, we played dance music, mm-hmm. and we rehearsed a lot of marches. It was a full-time job. A lot of musicians back home in Panama joined that the police band. So, the, so you were born in Panama? Yeah, I was born in, in Panama, but in Colón, Panama. Okay, okay. And on the Atlantic side, uh, my, my parents, my parents, uh, my father was born in Belize. Uh-huh. My grandfather was born in Jamaica. My mother was born in Panama. My, 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 my grandfather came to Panama on one of his business travels. Right. And in, during that time, you know, that's when my father was on the scene, you know. And um, going back to that, my father actually had a lot of influence in my upbringing with the music. Right, with right. The jazz music because he... Um, he was a jazz buff, right? Okay. All he heard and listened to was a lot of uh, 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 jazz music. 
Right. Cold Train, Dizzy, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, a lot of uh, Cannonball Adderley. Oh, right, beautiful. Interested enough, I don't remember that he had any uh, Charlie Parker okay. uh, LPs. He might have, but I never. I don't remember that because I listened to a lot of Sonny State growing up. Oh, you did? Which, yes. Okay. I mean, Sonny State's coming from Bird, you know. Okay. He's, that's a link. That's one of the many links, you know. Okay. Uh, uh, and Sonny played, uh, Sonny State played alto and tenor as well, and he was just smoking on each horn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I used to like him a lot. Yeah. I even like him more than Cannonball. A lot of cats love Cannonball. Cannonball was great, too, but my favorite was Sonny State. All right. And my father had a lot of uh, John Coltrane, okay. obviously. And I remember growing up, my father used to read the, the information on the, on the albums and say, oh, this is the guy in the United States that is taking over the scene. He's John Coltrane. He's so, he's this, 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 that, you know? Yeah. And he also played a lot of Sonny Rollins. So those are the main cats that my father had that okay. I listened to. Oh, and he had, I remember all this time, he had Grover Washington to some oh of boy. that stuff. And I'm all gonna, of that. I'm not going to go there. You know, listening to all of that stuff. <laughs> okay, okay. Listening to all of that stuff, it's kind of like, um, it rubbed off on me. Sure. In a natural way, right? Yes. So. When did you, when did you come to New York City yeah. with your dynamic and your instrument in your hand Well, yeah, that's, to say, I'm here? Yeah, that's the, th the thing in New York has a link to do with leaving Panama and going to Madrid, Spain, and a contract with a singer. But what year did you and come then here? in New York and from Spain, I saw an advertisement in the downbeat okay. to come and study here. And then I came here in 1980. 1980? Yeah, okay. Music Studio. But CMS, that, yeah. Carl Berger and those people. Yeah, but before all of that, I was playing jazz already. I in get Panama. it. So I came here in 1980. First time at Creative Music Studio. All right, now that is that is a definite link to what we're dealing with. Yes, because at the time Go. when I was in Madrid, and I told you off, off the record, we spoke about when with this one cat named. But I don't want to speak about him that much. That I was playing the avant-garde with him already over there in Madrid. Right, and that led me to pick Creative Music Studio to come instead of going to Ber Berkeley or one of these other places. I did not want to go there. I wanted good, to go good. to an open-minded situation. <laughs> I saw it. I heard about it. Yeah, and I said I want to go there. Who was there at the time when you got there? When I was there, Dave Holland was there. Right. Oliver Lake was there. Right. Jimmy Jeffrey was there. Right. Um, who else? Um, um, Ed Blackwell was there. Wow. Um, uh -huh. Who cool. else was there? Uh, Ramsey, I mean, right, was there. Ramsey, I mean, was there, which yes. was my mentor. That, uh, who else was there? George Lewis was there. I took workshop with George Lewis. I took workshop with um, this guy. Um, what's his name? Um, um, you know, Derek Bailey was there also. Sure. A lot of the a lot of the heavy heavy dudes were there. Um um who else was there? Uh Leo Smith was there. Wow. In fact I played a concert. I did a, a concert at Cooper Union Square. Cooper Union that all and yeah. it was as a student performing with Leo Smith, Ed Blackwell on drums, Carl Berger, Ramsey Amin, Leo uh 
uh, George Lewis on trombone. Um, um, who else was there? Uh, uh, it was a great concert. Uh, yeah, I can I imagine. Perform. In fact, I have a recording of it that Carl put on in, in one of his uh, archives. You know? Okay. And I was playing alto. Yes. There, and it was incredible to play with Ed Blackwell behind me. Absolutely. And it was. It was. A, it was. A dream. It was a dream, you know. It was. We hang out a lot. I understand that. Ed Blackwell. We drove a lot from Woodstock to New York City. He took me to uh, Charlie Parker's place down in Lower East Side. Ed Blackwell took me, took me there. Oh, Marion Brown was another guy to oh, hang out snap. with. Oh, snap. Talk a lot with Marion Brown. In fact, he was there at CMS? Uh, yes, he became a good friend. And later on, I. I had Marion Brown featured with the uh, with this big band that I used to run with Benny Russell at the Brooklyn Conservatory. He came as a guest artist and played with us, played some of my arrangements. And I had, you know, Marion Brown was there, and he wasn't at the performance. But I get I, you. I took a workshop with him in, in Woodstock, and we we stayed in, sure. in, in contact. So that that was that was great. So these things come to mind just yeah. based on. The excitement that you generated in me by what you just said. Yeah. What comes to mind? Gemini. Okay. What comes to mind? Capricorn Moon. Mm -hmm. What comes to mind? You know, like that. Right. You know, like um, Sonny Stitt with his organ groups. That right. All right. this right. comes right. to mind. Right. Now, what can you tell me about the kind of music that George Lewis played at the time and where is his music coming from in your in your vision well at the time i took a workshop with george lewis did i took a workshop with george lewis no i didn't i didn't take a workshop well just just I what you performed with him at the cooper union fine, fine and i knew at the time he was working on a lot of um um electronic stuff and he i think he was okay. work, he was doing a lot of stuff at the kitchen at the time. Right. I right. couldn't be wrong, but I know that was what's happening. And in fact, I played with him in, um, I did, a, years after, I played with George Lewis in right. one of David Murray's big band. We went to Europe. Okay. And he was on that, uh, I think it was in Germany. He was on that, in that, in the trombone section. What and is his music like? Well, tell me about his music. I'm just saying his music, <laughs> in far, in terms of his approach. Yeah. The, what, what I heard at that time, the way he improvised, he was all about the sound of the instrument. That in one aspect of it, and in the other aspect, his rhythmic approach was very different from other cats that I've heard. Yes. Um, in terms of, how can I put this? Uh, uh -huh. It wasn't your con conventional, you know, lines in terms of uh, rhythmic lines and stuff. It was very much like painting. He was like painting. Okay. All, <laughs> all right, then I'm with you. Painting. I'm with you, man. Go. That's, that's, that's what his, you know, that was his approach. Um, How did you fit into that? Well, initially I fit in when I did that performance as a student. Yes. I was learning and I was just taking in everything. Later on when I met him at the... Uh, with David Murray at the big band situation. Because we used to play at the Knitting Factory every Monday night, that big band. And then I played... Which Knitting Factory? The Knitting Factory in Manhattan, the Lower East. Uh, well, yeah, but which one? Walker, was... Straits, Walker 
All right, then I remember. I remember you know, that close one. Close to Walker State. Leonard Street. Oh, Leonard Street, right. Okay, Walker, uh, Leonard Street. Walker of Place, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. And uh, I, I used to play there every Monday night with the David Murray Big Band. And, um, you know, and then we did the thing in Europe, and that's where I saw George Lewis again after that. During that period of time, who were you working with? That period of time, I was trying yeah. to do my own music. Yeah, and who, uh, who, I was, who I would had, you use uh, well, that, is, that is part of this lost generation? Yeah. When I say lost generation, I'm speaking of people that have not gotten the credit uh, that they should that they should be given based on their cultural contribution. We yeah. all know the names of this music. We all know the names of the people uh, that have 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 garnered success and have careers and all right. this. But there's a whole other level, whole other level. And most of the people that you'll see on this podcast, we're dealing with that because it's part of my goal to rewrite history. Yeah. This history that we have is not, it doesn't include these things. Right. It doesn't say these people are, are quote-unquote, important. Well, now, that, that to me is a, that, that well, is a horrendous statement. It's a, it's a crime. Yeah. So, so let's not, I'm trying to find out who did you well, work with at I, that time. I, I, uh, you know, I have uh, in my band at that time, I, yeah. worked, you know, I had a couple of things going on. Okay. Okay. First, before... Before David Morris thing happened with the big man when I played with Is that him. the only tenor player that you played with? Mm. Who else did you play with? <laughs> I played. I'm you know, serious. I'm just, I'm just, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. I played, I played with other tenor players. For example, I played, you know. You know, the funny thing about this is that. Yes. Early on before the big man, as I was going to say, I had my, my bands, I had yes. a quintet. I had a quintet. I did in '96. I did a, a CD music collage. At the time, I was Who's I was that? doing a lot of a lot of music, working with Caribbean rhythms and some other aspects in terms of what they call jazz-related situation. I, I mean, I had like I was working a lot with drummer Gene Jackson. I don't know if you know Gene. Wait a minute. I was now, working, yeah. now you're talking about somebody I don't know. Yeah. All right, now I'm curious. Gene Jackson, did yeah. he live in New York City? Yeah, and Gene is from Brooklyn. Gene is from Brooklyn. He's, he's actually from from Philly, but lived in Brooklyn for a long, long time. Okay. I work with him a lot. He was my regular drummer. Gene with, Jackson. With, yeah, with my... With Can, my tell me about Gene's approach to rhythm. Well, Gene... <laughs> And Gene, 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 yeah. Gene was like a like a hurricane, okay. Because it's the way he swang, his whole thing was more like he played on top, okay. and then as, as he played on top, he would definitely use a lot of um, what you call uh, 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 rhythmic. I would call them rhythmic pulses, but. Pretty much like coloring on top of what you were doing. And, you know, he had a great ear. He didn't have because he's still around. He lives in Japan now. But he was very powerful. That's all I can say about G. All right, and he had a traditional drum set? Yes. For the, for the most yeah. part? Yeah, for the most part. Okay. And, and uh, know, yeah. yeah. So when you say on top, how do you mean? Well, this is the pulse. 
here. No, people are not seeing this. You yeah, got you to say it in words. Okay. This is the pause here. The yeah. Beat for, for, you know, the common listener, the beat. I tell okay. my students the, the beat. beat. Uh-huh. You know. Yeah. It's here. If it's here, you play here. Almost like Tony Williams. You know, Tony Williams. That's a stuff. stretch. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Oh, kind of? Yeah, kind yeah. of? You're talking to a drummer. Kind I know, of? I know. <laughs> Tony, all right. All right. Like Tony Williams, too. But uh, 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 Gene, Gene stuff was... I know how to explain it. Uh, like, just for example, you do like... Ding, 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 ding. Stuff about... Ding, 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 ding. Busy. Say it, say it more, say it louder, say it louder. I like that, I like that, you know. I like that, but like that, yeah, that's necessary to know. You know, that's necessary to know. You want to get into drumming, there's a lot of drummers. There's a lot of drummers that I know of. Okay. And if you want to get into another drummer. No, I want to get into the people that you work with. That's who I want to get into. Okay. Gene Jackson. Gene Jackson. All right. There's now, another drummer that I work with. But tell me some other yeah. people that were in that very same group. Oh, in that same group, one yes. of my favorite guitar players, Marvin Sewell. You know Marvin huh. Sewell? No, I don't. I never met him. Yeah, Marvin Sewell. He's still alive too, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Now, tell me something about his approach to the guitar. Marvin, Marvin has his own song. That's for one. Okay. We've known each other for... Years, years, years. We used to work at Tower Records. I was a supervisor in the jazz department at the time. Way, 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 way back. Wait a minute. Way, way back. Wait a minute. <laughs> so that's where Marvin and I became very good friends. Is that how I know you, Jorge? Perhaps. Perhaps. Did you work A lot with... of cats used to come through Tower Records. Did you? Did a you... lot of cats. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did you work on 65th Street? No, not that one. Did you work on 4th Street? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I used to be a supervisor in jazz department. A lot of cats hang out there. I never knew you were a musician. You didn't know I was a musician? No. Well, did I met you there, though? You that's a possibility. I go in there all loud and, and crazy. You know who I used you to see to... there a lot? Matthew Ship. Matthew used to come in there a lot. Well, he lived in that area. Yeah, he used to come in there a lot. But I used to come up here. But that, no, I'm switching. I'm switching. A lot of cats work there. Even Treadgill worked there years back. Yeah, but, back. but I used uh, to go Bush more. Bush I used to go more there. to 65th Street because oh, okay, that's yeah. up here. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. all right then. Now, 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 now we're saying like, um, um, Mr. Sewell, Marvin Sewell. Yeah, well, Marvin's from well, Chicago, right? Okay. So he's like my the brother I never had. We're very, we're good friends, you know. Yes, and he yes. um is. He has this kind of sound that I like. It's it's not your typical. I call it the typical guitar sound, where it's almost like you hear it like the strings, like playing almost within a classical kind of a way of playing. That's the typical guitar sound to me. Yeah. It's very loose, very string-like. But he he's not about that. He's got he's got this whole thick sound, very percussive. Very, 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 when it comes to harmony, very right. special. Right. And when it comes to his improvisation, it's one of a kind. Yes. His lines are very unique, okay? Yes. That's Marvin Sewell. Uh-huh. And, and his, sound, his sound is just stupendous. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, we, we play a lot. We still play today. He plays in my big band. He plays in some of my projects. He plays in my Ace Collective Extended Edition. We're still working together. 
Right. So I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna yeah. have to. Hear, I'm gonna have yeah. to meet Marvin Mr. Sewell. Sewell. Marvin Sewell is wonderful. Who else is in that group? Okay. Well, well, the, the, there was a there was a core to that group that we worked a lot. There's this bass player named Jeff Carney. That he's he's a great bass player to me. Jeff is still alive. Yeah, he works. Yeah, Jeff Jeff is incredible. He um is he in New York? Yeah. Okay. He's in he's in New York. He does a lot of. He does a lot of, he, for a time he was doing a lot of Broadway shows, but he's coming from the West Coast, um, and he used to play with all the heavy hitters out there, Joe Henderson, you name it. Came to New York, and he had to go, you know, do whatever he can. But he, he works with Bobby McFerrin. He, he does a lot of other stuff, but he, his sound to me was very, and especially his harmonical, harmonic concept to me was one of a kind. What was it? This is exciting and this is illuminating for me. Because yes. you're turning us on to a whole other group of people that you know these dudes can burn. Oh, yeah. And you know these dudes can play. Well, this is the thing. And yeah. they haven't gotten, they haven't been added to this lexicon of all the people that we know that have contributed to this music. Yeah. This music's cultural identity. Yeah, yeah. But my question is, what do you think our generation has given to this music? Our realizing, generation. yes, realizing there's so many different, there's so many different instrumentalists, there's so many different personalities, there's so many different ways of approaching this music in the sound. What have we given to this music separate from and equal to those that preceded us, Sonny Stitz, the, um, uh, you know, um, Coltrane's, uh, Cesar Taylor's, like, you know, Jackie McLean's. What have we given to this music? What have we been, been given to it? Okay. I, I, you know, I think we're given, I think we're given the best that we have to it, first of all. That's the main thing. Because we haven't stopped, okay? We haven't stopped, and we ain't gonna stop. <laughs> okay, the second thing is, That's we, have, we have given to it a different approach that is not, you're not seeing it coming out today. I don't think cats like, you know, you have a guy like, um, like for example, let's say another pianist that I know of, uh, James Hurt, for example, he's a guy that you know you hardly hear from about, about this guy, but he was around when I was around. Um, okay. Um, I don't know, a guy like Ramsey. I mean, the violinist that played with Cecil Ramsey is, is is gone. He's my my he was my mentor, and guys like that, I personally think I'm trying to bring to it myself my my culture my intellect as a musician Go. as a composer i'm trying to bring to it my information of what i was grown grown up with what Beautiful. i got from panama what i you know you don't hear much cat uh, talking about panama no yeah. i don't want to talk about panama minute. wait a minute you have another guy <laughs> hold on a second Good. that i have to mention this guy carlos yeah. ward alto player you know Carlos Ward. You have to know Carlos. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Okay. 
All right. But Carlos Ward. <laughs> Carlos, Are you serious? Yeah, Carlos Ward was another guy. I okay, got it. No. I okay. got it. So I, got I it. think guys like that, Though. myself, I don't know, you, I think you bring into it your intellect, your, 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 your way of life, because that's what this music is, has to be about. It's about bringing your way of life into it. And for, for, for the purpose of um, right. going forward, right. you have to do that, okay? Because we learn from the tradition, we learn from these guys, and those same guys. I mean, I heard Blakey told a guy one time, yeah, I know you can play this, but what, what are you bringing to it? What is your stuff? So that's what we're trying to bring. And the problem is... I think we brought it. Yeah, we brought it. Okay. And it's but, not seen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, but so... so what I, I gotta, I, can I say something? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give, go, give you a, a perfect example of that. This is a, a, a real story. Yeah. When I worked at Tower... Yeah. And I told you I was a, a, a supervisor in the jazz department. Uh-huh. This was at... Let's say it was one o'clock in the afternoon. We, you know, well, you, you listen to the radio stations and you know they don't, they hardly play Ornette Coleman. I pull out an album, the album Free, Ornette Coleman Free. They don't play any. I opened work. it. I opened it at one o'clock, put it on the, on the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the LP's thing, okay. the, the, the recorder or whatever. In, in and that, that was playing. Ornette Coleman Free Jazz in Tower at 1 o'clock. It never sold at the time before I played it. When I played it, three customers came and bought the, bought the album. Okay. And these, these customers were three senior ladies. They bought Ornette Free. Okay, Free Jazz. Okay. Ornette Coleman, they bought it. Okay. And that's what I'm talking about. If they don't play that music prime time, that's why they don't sell it. That's why they don't know what we're talking about. That's why the public Granted. is not Granted. informed. Granted, I got that. I got that, Jorge. But what I'm trying to deal with here yeah. and what I'm trying to change yeah. is the fact that do you think that this music is meant for mass consumption? It depends. It could be. Really, we've, we've yeah we've seen it in the festivals and we've seen it. Obviously, it's not a big crowd of ninety or yeah, let's say ninety percent of the you know. You know what I'm it's a different about. time now. First of all, you know it's the year twenty nineteen. Um, right. You have the festivals happening in Europe. You have the festivals here. Whatever one or two or three little festivals. Um, right. It it you know it. It's really a, a relative uh, uh, question because it, it could it could be, and at the same time, it all about, it's all about how much they push the music, how much they promote it, all of that stuff that we have to deal with. So I don't know. It's you know, mass consumption. Do you think that perhaps it's, not? Perhaps. All right then. But know. in addendum to that question, yeah. do you think that it's too abstract for? The consciousness of the populace we're talking about that are record buyers, that are record listeners, that are that are even the DJs, the people who write. I'm talking about the consciousness okay. of what we're doing and the language we're using yeah. and what 
and what they buy, why they're attracted or not attracted. You know, that question is an interesting question because, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. it's so relative. I've had musician, musicians, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to get into another subject, okay. that book places and I have sent them samples of some of my stuff. Some of them think it's too abstract. And you talking musician. And not to say anything. It is in my personal opinion, my music is not way out there. It's not. But it's the politics. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Okay. So I get it. That's one. That's one. I get it. And it's fine. Everybody has their their own taste or whatever. You know, when Coltrane went into the free thing, a lot of his supporters and people that loved him before did not like it. And, you know, they got used to it and then But that doesn't mean it has to stay that way. That doesn't mean it has to stay that way. But, you know, um, is it too abstract? Perhaps. But I don't think it is. Because, first of all, our job is to do what we do. Say that again? Our job is to do what we do. Thank you. To compose, to do all of that. I mean, Charles Mingus did what he did, and he moved on, and he moved on, and he moved on, and he moved on. Um, Coltrane did, and moved on, and moved on. You know, it has to change all the time. It just can't stay static. Otherwise, it's not art, you know? Um... You know, I mean, there's a certain, <laughs> I saw one time a um, a model of promotion, it's a, tool, it's a promotional tool where they use the term, um, you know, like they use the term um, um, soft jazz or something like that, they use the term uh, soft experimental, soft experimental, or more aggressive experimental, you know, so they're labeling the stuff, you know. And Absolutely. That's, that's one of the big big problems with this whole issue. Jorge. Yeah. Jorge. We have a lot to talk. I mean, I've been We have a, a lot, lot to talk it's about. That means we got more to talk yeah, about. There's a and lot we more will. About it. Yeah. And we will. You know something? I saw you perform at the kitchen. And I gotta say, oh, this is Andrew? a great, great day for me. Because oh, thank you. this is a great, great day for me. And I'm going to continue this conversation. If it's okay with you. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I had a I had a good time. Jorge Sylvester. Thank you, sir. Thank you for tuning in. In months ahead, you will have the opportunity to hear from many more Lost Generation artists and supporters. The audio only version is available wherever you get your podcast. If you haven't already, Make sure to subscribe to hear upcoming episodes.